Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire, but not them, Derby County. I, I, I don't quite know what to do with myself, Kieran, without starting with a Derby story. You haven't heard there's no traffic or anything in, in Derby City Centre this morning? No? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a 15-minute show. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a first for us. Uh, Women's Euros, uh, of course, Kieran, uh, starting. You've got tickets for one of the games, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to see uh, England versus Norway at the Amex uh, next Monday. So, yeah, very excited about it. Uh, I, I think we're in a really good chance of winning it. Um, and, uh, yeah, fully behind the team. That almost makes it worse, Ken. I, I kind of yearn for the days when we had no chance of winning any tournament. <laughs> relax and enjoy them a bit more. So let's um, let's start this weird, strange Derby pod, Kieran. Um, well, York's not far from Derby. It's sort of if you if you keep heading diagonally upwards from Derby, you get to York, I imagine. But York City FC Supporters Trust, Kieran, have bought the club. Yes. Um, again, I think this is a classic example of a previous owner perhaps not being completely invested in the club, uh, both financially and, and emotionally. So it was owned by it was owned by a company called JM Packaging, which uh, which which isn't it doesn't really uh, roll off the tongue in terms of you know his, historic love of the game. Um, and I've always had an affection for, for York City because, yeah, you and I both love football kits. Oh. Can you remember that? That I think it was an Admiral kit where they had the Y on it oh, on maroon, the front of the shirt. Maroon shirt with a big Y on it. it was, what, yeah. That was a cracking kit, that was. Absolutely. So I've, I've always, I've, I've always uh, you know, I, I like them just for that reason. So um, the, the Supporters Trust um, – and this is this is an intriguing story, and perhaps perhaps we'll get get the trust on. Uh, the Supporters Trust bought the club from the old owner, um, and immediately they sold fifty one percent of it, um, a controlling interest to a guy called Glenn Henderson, who is I think a South African uh, investor. Uh, so he will have sort of ultimate control in terms of decision making. The Supporters Trust own forty nine percent. But um, I, th- I think indicative of the way that the club was being uh, not given a huge amount of TLC was was first of all um, apparently the players had to had to have cold showers 
Um, and yeah, there's, there's normally there's only one reason for cold showers, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, and and that doesn't involve finishing training. Um, so 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 that was. But then then the, the, the real thing which worried me: no cones, no cones, Kevin, at no York cones. City. No, no cones. Oh. How are you going to try? You know, even even you or I, when we're playing Sunday league football, you might have four or five cones for a Thursday night knockabout, and uh, oh, yeah, cone. so, so cones. cones. I thought you said cones. Hair combs? No, no, no. no. no, no I, was, I was preparing some amusing puns off the top of, off the top of my head. <laughs> um, hey, I couldn't quite. I, that's a stingy owner. There's no combs, no cones. Oh, yes. Um, so, so what, what a way to run a football club. Yeah. Um, and, and in addition, the old owners they had lent money to the club because it had been losing money, but they they were charging interest of up to eleven percent. So. Uh, yeah, they, they weren't doing it necessarily out of the goodness of their heart. Now, some of that interest, to be fair, was waived. But clearly, you know, reading between the lines, the the relationship had uh, had very much uh, come to an end. Um, so, so best best of wishes to to York City and the trust. Um, they they can now sort of put the input to to the club being a a community club and taking it forwards that way, and and hopefully progressing through the leagues. Because I, I can remember them playing in. Uh, they get as far as the championship. I certainly remember. I, I remember them uh, coming to uh, Brighton. We beat them seven-two with with Peter Ward scoring four goals. Uh, so yeah, an- another reason to like them. You, you ruined that story by mentioning Peter Ward, but uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you did take the words out of my mouth because I was going to say for younger listeners um, who must listen to half this pod in a state of permanent bafflement. But York were a, a, a well-established football league club, but uh, it's, it's getting further and further away that time. So, yeah, absolutely, as you say, the best of luck to them. Um, I, I like York City because of that kit, but I also love the city of York. Yes. Um, because they were big supporters of Richard III, of course, who's one of my heroes, the uh, innocent Richard III, but that's for another pod. Um, it, Kieran, if any club had suffered nearly as much as Derby fans have suffered recently, it's Oldham Athletic who have had... Their supporters have had a terrible time of it with mm. the proper wronging of an owner. But it looks like they might be heading for some Sunday uplands as well. Yes, yes. Hurrah and indeed hurrah. Uh, Abdullah Lemzagam, the owner of the football club, and also Brass Bank, which intriguingly is not a bank, <laughs> uh, but, but owns Boundary Park. Um, it looks as if there, there, there is a deal um, to to sell the club and the stadium. Yeah, and we've we've said and we've you know, we've observed also that, that separation of football club from football stadium yeah. makes uh, what can be an uncomfortable situation far more awkward, um, and yeah, that there is there is little justification for it. Um, so it looks as if the deal is going to be signed within four weeks. Now, as far as the new owners are concerned, all that we're getting from sort of the Oldham press is that they are they are unnamed, which doesn't really help us, and they're local. I mean, that, if they're local, the good news is that rules out Lawrence Bassini. So you know, I, I take that as a positive. Um, but you know, Oldham have suffered. They are, of course, the first club to have played in both the Premier League yeah. and now the National League. But the National League fixtures have come out this morning. We're recording this on the Wednesday. And it doesn't matter what division you're in. You, know, you can have been relegated two or three times on the trot. 
as soon as that fixture list comes out, you yeah. look at it and you start, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'll fancy that trip. And, oh, I've not played them for a while. Um, and, and you start to to plan out the, the next 10 months of your life. So um, it, it, it won't be it, – it, it will be good news, I think, for Oldham to have new owners. Mr. Lemsigam, um, I think it's fair to say – had had an unusual uh, involvement with the club, perhaps uh, perhaps too close to involvement in respect of some decision making, mm. uh, which which I think contributed towards the conveyor belt of of managers and coaches at the club, many of whom didn't didn't last very long at all. Um, but he he was he was not a positive influence in terms of the club's progress. So. Um, our friends at Beyond the Boundary, um, who are sort of one of the action groups, uh, I think they will hopefully be able to 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 focus on on the stuff which makes us love the game. You know, which is you know, we've always said it, it's moaning about how crap that new left back is, okay. uh, the state of the pies, and uh, why can't I fit into uh, an XL shirt anymore? <laughs> um, yeah, and let's hope as well, whoever the new owners are, Kieran, and of course we'll be keeping an eye on that. Let's hope they just communicate with the fans mm. in a way that the previous owners simply didn't you, you know he would have sat there sometimes at home games or his representatives were thinking why are these people so angry why are they they getting games abandoned it's because you refuse point blank to tell them anything that's happening to their club you might mm. you know you might actually own it but it's their club um two sets of accounts out kieran at different ends of the scale bolton wanderers have released their accounts anything interesting um well, well, first of all, fair play to Bolton. These these accounts are comprehensive, forty-one pages. Can, can wow. you imagine? Can you imagine how no. excited? No, you probably can't. No. How excited I was! <laughs> oh, forty-one pages. Oh, this is, it'll keep me going for a while. Um, did you? Did you? That, I, I like to think. I know you went to see Elton John at, at, at Watford, didn't you? And I, I like to think that Elton John glanced up at one moment while the rest of the stadium were, were rocking out to one of his songs thinking, who's that tall bloke in the glasses who seems to be reading some sort of accounts? <laughs> <laughs> while you were pouring in, while, while the Baroness was up bopping, you were going, oh, my God, it's 41 pages of this gold. <laughs> it was indeed, yes. And also, a, a big thank you for Watford for for inviting me to to, to see the gig. Uh, I've, I've never seen Elton before. Um, I, I, I'm... I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a big uh, big fan of Elton, but he's he's got some absolute bangers in his in in his armour, isn't he? I, I've heard I've heard as much, Kieran. Yes, but I've got some good songs as well, apparently. So, <laughs> um, but but back to Bolton. Um, I think there's uh, the, the club lost money uh, in the year, uh, and, and that was partly due to the fact that for every hundred pounds worth of income. They were paying out 112 pounds in wages in in League One, so so that that's that is a cause for concern. At the same time, um, you've you've got to acknowledge that as a lower league club, they are more dependent upon match day income than than uh, clubs in higher divisions, um, and uh, you know the, the impact of COVID is 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 certainly hit them in in 2020 21. It, it's difficult to draw too many conclusions as to as to where the new owners are but the good thing is that we do have new owners who who do seem to be pretty genuine after what happened with with Ken Anderson um when 
his uh, Ken Anderson, for people who are not aware of this, was was previously banned from being a director of, I think, of any company in the UK for a period of about five to six years, mm. owing to um, something to do with VAT. I'll say no more than that. <laughs> um, and uh, that, that that didn't end particularly well. Um, Nine hundred and fifty grand on loan interest in the year. Yeah, you know, that's. That's yeah, you know, it's a sizable proportion of your wage budget. So hopefully that can be dealt with. The club does have liabilities of over thirty million pounds, which again have been run up in in a relatively short period of time, um, in, in in respect of the change of ownership. Um, but the good news with regards to that is is some of those loans are being converted into shares, and and the, and the advantage of having shares over loans is that they don't have to be repaid. So I think they're a they're an okay set of accounts. Um, I think Bolton's going to continue to need funding from the owners for a while until and, you know, ultimately they're looking to to become uh, a sustainable club and stand on their own two feet, but uh, they're, they're not there yet. Uh, you've been keeping your eye on the, I think you could use the word volatile finances of the Football Association of Ireland for some time, and they've just published their latest accounts as well. Yes, um, the, the FAI they came out with a press release, and, and when a when a any organisation comes out with a with a big press release, and at the bottom of it it says here's a link to the account. I think I, I just wonder whether the highlights in the press release will tally with with my understanding of the club. So they say a surplus of six point seven million euros for the year, substantially up on the previous year. I thought, oh, that sounds good. That sounds all right. Um, and um, then, then I go into the accounts, and it turns out that fifty percent of their revenue came from government grants. The vast majority of which was to do with covering their asses for COVID. Ah, so, right. if you take away that uh, that twenty seven million euro worth of grants uh, from the gov- mainly from the government, it, it would turn into a quite sizable loss. Um, they they've got debts of over sixty million euro. They don't own the national stadium. Instead, mm. they have to pay rent on that, and they're paying 50, 50K a week rent on that. Um, and it looks like, uh, as well as having uh, debts of 63 million, um, quite a few people with whom they have arrangements, I think the likes of UEFA and uh, Aviva in, in respect of uh, various sponsorship agreements, have, have paid monies in advance of of, of getting uh, the services in return. So um, I know that uh, the FAI are coming out of a pretty troubled period of time. Um, I, I don't like to blame people for, uh, for things like this, but in the case of the FAI, uh, I put this firmly at the, uh, uh, at the behavior of John Delaney, the, mm. the, 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 former, the former person in charge. Uh, and again, I know, I know I've mentioned this book on a couple of occasions. Yeah, read Champagne Football. Uh, which which would just reveal the the absolutely jaw dropping uh, nature of uh, how how he how he ran the club as as a, oh, sorry, how he ran the FAI effectively as, as a fiefdom, and, and that that was never good. So um, it, it, there's going to be a while before the FAI truly is recovered. Yes, it's still in existence. It's had to go cap in hand to the government, but the government has has supported it. Um, I think it's further indication that uh, that football as an industry is, is too precious to be allowed to be ruled unless there's proper governance. And uh, there was there was a complete uh, vacuum of governance at the FAI for far too long. I, I understand, Kieran, how a, 
a club, a league club, uh, could run up huge debts. In fact, most of them do. That's part of their business model. But how does a national FA manage to run up debts of 63 million euros? Is that still to do with overspending by uh, people like John Delaney previously? Uh, yeah, it's just it's just poor cost control. Um, right. You know, uh, it, it, one one way of being popular is is handing out money for nothing, uh, and 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 that's fine until that money has to be repaid. Uh, just just ask Rishi Sunak, um, and uh, you know, if if we we're calling out, yeah, this isn't a political show, but when, when the furlough scheme was announced, it was. Oh, this this guy's giving away free money. This is absolutely fantastic, and and his his stock politically was very high. Well, I think the same was in respect of John Delaney. He was very good at telling people what they wanted. He was actually quite generous in terms of the FAI giving grants to individual clubs, and of course, the FAI had to get that money in the first place. But uh, nobody was really asking. Uh, okay, well, this this money's got to come from somewhere, um, and, and then and, and then sort of yeah, when the carousel stops, when the music stops, then then, then the problems arise. Mm. Uh, this next news story, Kieran, is is slightly slightly alarming. Um, mm. Maybe a quarter of a red flag, half an alarm bell. Uh, Wigan Athletics chief executive has apologised after the club's wages were paid late for a second month running. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we've, we've had this discussion in respect of other clubs. And if, you, and if you take a look at some of the other clubs that have been impacted by late payment of wages, we've got you know, Berry, Reading, Derby, Sheffield, Wednesday, Macclesfield. You know, all of those clubs have you know, had points deductions, for mm-hmm. example. Um, and, and so therefore, it, it's, it's not a gang that I particularly want to join. Yeah. Um, now, the, the chief executive, first of all, fair play to him. He, he, has, he has gone public on this and says, yeah, we, we've, we've, we've got it wrong. Um, it, it, it shouldn't happen. Uh, you know, it, it, does a, a, it does occasionally happen. I, I, I was talking to somebody involved with the business recently and says, you know, one month we knew we were going to have a problem. And what we did is that we went to the staff and said, look, we're going to be three days late. Uh, if, if anybody has rent or direct debits going out and, and is going to miss those payments, we, the directors, will cover them personally. So, so we don't know whether the, the, the Wigan owners have, were similar with regards to their employees, with regards to that. Um, if it happens once, you can say, okay, yes, technical hitches arise. It, it, it shouldn't happen once. It certainly shouldn't happen twice. So... Um, uh, yeah, as you say, it's 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 a quarter of a red flag. Uh, yeah, Wigan certainly have uh, have been successful in in twenty one twenty two. They've they've come out of administration, but they're now uh, you know they're back in the championship, which are all positive things. Um, but this uh, this this is a bit of a uh, a bit of an own goal. Uh, but hopefully, it won't happen again. Is it a technical hitch, Kieran? Because I mean, most people like me will assume. It's a cash flow problem, but they're they're saying it's just mm. some kind of computer glitch, are they? Yes, yeah, I, I think you know, I, I think the uh, uh, yeah, there were bank holidays uh, perhaps at the end of of May, um, right? Uh, but, but you know, most people know in advance when there's bank holidays and so on. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, it it just it just uh, it, it just strikes me as a as a, as a bit weird. Um, so uh, yeah, they, they they therefore go onto a watch list, and you know, that, that's the danger. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, if if they're trying to recruit players this summer, well, if if I was a player's agent, would would I be putting my players forward for a club that has just paid the wages late twice 
I, I would be uh, I, I would be a bit circumspect with regards to that because that that wouldn't make me feel particularly comfortable. And, and at what stage, Kieran, do the EFL start uh, to prick up their ears? Um, I, I think if they'd been a lot later, it'd been two or three weeks late. Then, then certainly the the PFA can become involved, and and the EFL. If we take a look at what the EFL did uh, in respect of points deductions at Macclesfield Town, which ultimately contributed towards Macclesfield Town being kicked out of the EFL and going into liquidation, um, th- that that was for regular non-payment of wages, yeah. and I think it was it was far worse than one day late. Um, so, so yeah, twenty four hours not not great. Um, let, let's just hope it doesn't happen again. Um, this next story, Kieran, is a serious one, but mm. <laughs> it, it's been on your look again. This is something that you told me about a while ago, but we weren't sure enough about it to actually talk about it as a news story legally. Um, and a high profile West Brom fan mentioned it to me recently, but in such a way it genuinely made me laugh because there's un- undertones of Father Ted in there, in that the, the money was resting in my account. Um, the, <laughs> uh, West Brom's owner uh, borrowed £5 million from the club to help one of his other businesses. Is, is this standard practice, Kieran? Uh, no, very unstandard practice. You know, the, the nature of football is the vast majority of football clubs lose money and therefore owners have to to put funds into the club. And that's happened at, at Palace, if you think about you know, yeah. Steve Parrish and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the guys from CPFC 2012. It's happened at Brighton. It's, you know, it's Chelsea with Abramovich. Um, that, that's the way that football is run. Now, to be fair to, to West Brom, uh, the club has been... Yeah, reasonably successful in in recent years. Um, it, it's always tended when it, when it was in the Premier League, it was it was profitable, um, and uh, the the owner uh, of West Brom uh, who who bought it not all not that long ago, um, yeah, it was supposed to be again an independently wealthy individual. Mm. So so there there were a few again you know it starts off with something which looks quite innocent. Um, you go on to a few months ago, West Brom published something on Companies House. We're changing the company's year end, uh, and that looks innocent. But I know that that also allows them to delay publishing the accounts for a further three months. So they should have normally published them at the end of uh, at the end of uh, March or April. This allowed them to delay the publication to the end of June. But they don't. They could always put them out before the end of June. Yeah. Uh, but they chose not to. Then on the th- uh, then uh, so when when I highlighted that, I think the the chief executive who just been appointed, Ron Gourlay, who was previously at Reading, uh, I think it's fair to say didn't go down particularly well with the fans there. He was previously at Chelsea. Mm. Uh, there's some not very positive stories coming out from Chelsea either with regards to the culture of the club. Uh, you know, and, and it, I'm not, we can't say that, that those were directly attributed to him, but, you know, think you are, uh, you know, in, in the world of football, especially you're guilty by association yeah. as far as, as fans are concerned and, and social media is concerned. Uh, so, so Ron Gourlay said, uh, a few weeks ago, because I, I, I sort of highlighted this, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be the first to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say mischievous, but I'm, I'll, I'm quite happy to, to stay where I think. Well, this, this, this doesn't look great. Mm. And he said, "There, are, there is nothing. There is nothing to worry about. There's nothing to report about in the accounts. So therefore, that's why we're taking our time." <laughs> and, right. 
okay. Whereas my view is, if there's nothing to hide, hide nothing yeah. and pop them out. Um, so on the 30th of June, which was the deadline, the uh, there was a press release on on the West Brom website, and it said, "Blah de blah de blah." Yeah, we've we've had we've uh, yeah we, we've made a profit, we've broken even for the year in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, all's all's fine. Oh, and by the way, the owner has taken out uh, five million pounds from the club because his other businesses are having a hard time, and um, that again, hold on. I thought, thought you said there was nothing to report. I, yeah, if I was a West Brom fan, yeah. I would be concerned about this. And also, um, there's an outstanding debt issue in respect of a previous owner who had effectively borrowed money from the club, which he, to, he used to buy shares, which he then made significant profits on when he sold those shares to new owners. And, and that appears to be an outstanding issue as well. Um, and... Uh, so we're we're recording this on what the sixth of uh, July. Still no sign of the accounts uh, at pub, at company's house, and and the club says, well, we've submitted them. So you go, well, that that's strange because you know what are they do are they are they sending them second class post? Are they are they being sort of hand delivered via the via Rourke's drift and the uh, you know the Abyssinian the Abyssinian pass? So what what's going on there? So I thought this was a bit strange, um, and, and it, it it came to pass that. However, they were being delivered. Um, a copy somehow fell into my inbox. <laughs> I, now I, I, I can't say from where. I, I don't know how. Don't know how. Um, so I have managed to take a look at them, and uh, yeah, there's there's some stuff which makes you think this this really doesn't look too clever because there's now talk about um, yes, the loan from the owner will be repaid. But there's reference to a dividend being used to repay the loan. And let's just work this out. The the owner of the club borrows five million. Um, The club then pays the owner a dividend of five million, which he then effectively uses to repay the loan. And I'm going, well, you know, that 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 that's unusual. There's there's only been three clubs, I think, in the last 12 years that have paid dividends in football uh, one of which is uh, Manchester United and you know they are a quoted company on the New York Stock Exchange you can understand that secondly Swansea City when there was a change of ownership and, and I can assure you that didn't go down particularly well with the fan base at the time mm. and now we're seeing this in respect to West Bromwich Albion now if 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 I was a West Bromwich Albion fan and um I was asked would you rather the club invest five million pounds in recruitment and retention of players and coaches, etc., or pay the dividend of five million pounds to the club owner to repay a loan which he took out, which nobody seemed to know about until uh, you know, the last week or so? I, I think I'd probably go for the former option. So I'm still not entirely, entirely sure how. So the, he borrowed the money. But the yep. club, but it's the club that's repaid the money. No, he's he he borrowed the money from the club. Yeah, and he says I am going to repay it, and it looks as if one of the the ways that he is going to repay it is that the club is going to give him another five million pounds huh. in the form of a dividend, right. which he then uses to repay the loan. Oh, I'm going. This this looks like some of my negotiations with my son for when he's skin. Yeah, uh, so, yeah and I, I still seem to be overall down on this particular deal in terms of he's he's got 10 million pounds 
and he's repaid five of it, and the other five million because it's a dividend, it doesn't count. It doesn't have to be repaid. That's I mean, that's classic Laurel and Hardy. Is that the money I gave to you to give to him to give? That's that's really odd. Um, and well done. A couple of very interesting late Victorian military references in there, Kieran. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, have you been watching the film Zulu? Is that why subconsciously Rourke's Drift was stuck in there? It's 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 in one of my top ten, as it as it would be for all schoolboys of a certain age. Indeed, the entire battle happened at night, Kieran. You'll be interested to know. And the Zulu regiment were uh, pensioners. Uh, right. the, the Zulus were very fierce and warlike race, but they're also uh, quite sensible that they would get into a fight, and if it wasn't going well, they'd stop the fight. They weren't they weren't kamikaze. Uh, it's a very brilliant film, though. Yes. Um, Ma- Michael Caine's 99% accurate posh accent, always worth watching. <laughs> and, and how uncomfortable the boy from Bermondsey looks on the horse in that first. Yes. This episode of The Price of Football is brought to you by the AI-powered workspace Notion. What if you had access to tomorrow's tools today? In Notion, you do. It's the AI-powered workspace where any team can turn ideas into action. My career is sort of a bit like being a butterfly, and I'm always jumping from project to project. So therefore, Notion helps me from summarising meetings notes and automatically generating action items to getting answers to any question in seconds. If you can think it, you can make it. And Notion is for everyone. Whether you're a Fortune 500 company or a freelance football finance lecturer. You can try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash price of football. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash price of football and start turning ideas into action. That's notion.com slash price of football. Hi, I'm Steve Lamack, and every week I'm joined by Music Allies Head of Insight, Stuart Dredge, on The Price of Music, the weekly podcast all about the money behind the music industry. In each episode, we discuss the very latest goings-on in the music business and dig into the finances behind the big stories. So whether you're a music lover who just wants to know more about what really goes on in the industry, or you're an aspiring musician, manager or label owner who wants some inside knowledge on how Spotify's financial model really works, or what the future holds for independent live music venues, this is a show for you. Subscribe to The Price of Music in your podcast app now. See you soon. The latest Champions League TV deals, Kieran, were interested, and uh, the BBC has all got. It seems to be that more and more broadcasting companies are involved every year. Every time there's a new round of talks for Champions League broadcasting. Yes, so so BT Sport, which previously had exclusivity, um, is now sharing the the matches with Amazon. Um, so, so people not familiar from 2024 25. Um, there are, um, and, and I'm sure we as fans, we, we, we've said, you know, what, what's missing from our lives uh, each season is an extra 130 Euro, Europa, UEFA Champions League and Europa League matches. I go, yeah, 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 my life will be enhanced now. Um, so uh, BT, uh, <laughs> BT will be broadcasting 533 UEFA matches um, but the, the crazy thing is they've ended up paying less money for them. They're paying 
uh, 25% less money, oh. £306 million a season. And the reason for this is that Amazon are paying for a package of 17 Tuesday night matches where I think they'll have first pick. So given, yeah, we have to be realistic, there's going to be four, probably five, possibly six English clubs taking place in the Champions League. Mm. Um, if if Amazon get the first pick of the Tuesday night matches, yeah, that's going to be the matches which are going to be generating the, the the biggest ratings because it will be you know Liverpool versus or Manchester United versus or City versus or Chelsea versus uh, etc et so so they will so Amazon have paid a fair amount for those um and uh, the BBC are going to be doing a Champions League uh Wednesday night highlights package Ooh. um so it, it's going to be the equivalent of match of the day but focusing on the uh, Champions League. So I would imagine sort of, you know, the main match will be one of the matches taking place on the Wednesday and, and then there'll be, you know, a bit like match of the day. We, we'll get to see all of the other matches as well. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, if, if you are, if, if your personal circumstances or your your, your personal beliefs mean that uh, you, uh, you, you're you unable to afford the, uh, the BT subscriptions and the Amazon subscriptions, at least this is a way of, of you being able to see uh, Wednesday, you know, the highlights of those matches. Yeah, and, and I, 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 yeah, I, I got, I've got Sky and BT and Amazon, and and I still watch Match of the Day because it's it's Match of the Day, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, so, um, how much did the BBC paying for this? And and was this a separate deal by the BBC with UEFA, or has BBC bought these rights from Amazon and BT? No, no, this this is directly between the BBC and UEFA. Oh, okay. They've not given the fee. I, th- I think it's estimated to be, you know, somewhere in the region of perhaps twenty to thirty million a year. Um, so it's you know it's it's a it's a significant amount of money, but you know compared to the three hundred and six that BT are paying, compared to the uh, you know the one point five billion I think that uh, that the Premier League gets from Sky and BT each year, it's it's still relatively low. Well, also the, the the reality of broadcasting in this country is that the BBC's highlights program will probably get four or five times the amount of viewers that BT's live shows do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and uh, and from a sponsor's point of view, that's important because yeah. ultimately sponsors are looking for eyeballs. Um, and, and yes, you, you're not you're, you're not getting ninety minutes worth of your match be, your product being covered, but as you say, the, the the viewing figures and presumably the BBC have done this on the back of the the level of uh, viewing figures that they get from match of the day. Even though you you can now watch the highlights, I think of every yeah. Premier League match uh, on on YouTube and uh, before match of the day takes place. But it's it, for me, it's it's just it's just a cosy institution. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I sort of, I, I just, I just enjoy it as a product. Well, it's, it's not. I mean, because obviously I was part of it for quite some time, so I, I love it. But it's just, I mean, it's, it's impossible to do the whole likely lads. Can you get through to match of the day without knowing the score anymore? But for me, the game hasn't. Until I've seen the highlights on match of the day, it's fine. Mates will send me the, the goals on mm. via some kind of thing that I open on my phone. That's great. Also, the but. but um, What's interesting about that, the, the sponsor, despite what the the Mail, Daily Mail might have you believe, the BBC still has a certain cachet around the world. So I should think sponsors will be very interested to hear that highlights are going to be on the BBC. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kieran, you know, 
uh, our listeners may not because we tend to have these conversations in private uh, uh, using very simple words. But <laughs> if anything baffles me more than VAT, it's parachute payments. If, if I was to find out there was VAT on parachute payments, <laughs> I would have to go into a darkened room for quite some time and rock back to a throw. Um, and I know following Tracy Crouch's fan-led review, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, um, <laughs> you know, parachute payments is a, is a hot topic. But Sheffield United's chief executive has defended parachute payments and says they help keep clubs solvent. Um, and I think to paraphrase uh, that famous court case, he would say that. Would say that, yes, absolutely. <laughs> was that Mandy Rice-Davis? It was, yeah, the Christine yeah, Keeler, yeah. John Profumo case, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, yes, yeah, so so yeah, Sheffield United were, were relegated uh, in uh, in twenty one. Um, the, if we go back to the history of parachute payments, why oh. were they oh. introduced? Yeah, go on. <laughs> it was because there was such a gap between the Premier League and the EFL, um, and uh, there was a genuine danger of clubs when they were relegated uh, becoming insolvent because they 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 committed themselves to you know three or four year wage deals, and uh, they the the money from the the, the EFL TV deal was, was insufficient to pay those wages, so therefore the club could have gone bust. Um, so, so that's why they were introduced. And have they achieved that objective? The, the answer is yes. Yeah, we, we've not seen clubs being relegated uh, going bust. What have they also done? Have have they distorted uh, the championship? I, I think I think they have. There's no doubt about that. Although it could also be argued that they. The very fact that they've come down with Premier League players was going to give them a head start. Yeah. Um, there's also quite a few owners of clubs uh, who have been relegated who have said, "Well, we're going straight back up, and I don't care how much it costs for yeah. that to be the case." And uh, you know, whilst he was uh, unpopular uh, in uh, in Newcastle, um, yeah, Mike Ashley did that. The year that they got relegated, he, he he did splash the cash. We we saw Shahid Khan commit Fulham to uh, the, the the most lucrative contract yeah. um, with with Mitrovic, uh, you know, a five year deal when when they got relegated last season. And Shah, Shahid Khan and Mike Ashley have the wealth to do so. So so to say that it's purely parachute payments that give clubs an advantage, I, th- I think is 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 over harsh. Um, and, and the critics of the the present regime will say, well, surely there should be compulsory relegation clauses in in players' contracts should a club be relegated. Well, the thing is, there are these relegation clauses in the vast majority of contracts. Um, yeah, we, we, we were talking about West Brom for ex- earlier. Um, if you take a look at West Brom, when they were relegated from the Premier League to the, to the Championship, their wage bill fell by 50%. Mm. In order for clubs to survive on no parachute payments, the wages would probably have to fall by 80%. And here, here you've got a problem because, I, again, I was, I was talking to another chief executive, not of Sheffield United, he said, "Well, you know, how 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 do how do I sell my club to a player? Yeah, we've just been promoted to the Premier League. Everybody knows what the going yeah you know, what, what the what the going rate is. Uh, you know, you, you you're going to be on you know forty grand probably a week as a minimum. Yeah, potentially with bonuses. Uh, you know, you know, quite a bit more than that. Um, if I'm trying to get a, a decent player, especially if it's the January window, we're looking to spend fifteen million pounds. We offer the player a three and a half year deal." 
we'll pay you uh yeah, we'll pay you 40 grand a week we'll give you uh, a 200 grand bonus if we stay up uh but if you go down uh you've got an 80 percent pay cut and yeah he says yeah if i if i if i make that as a proposal the fo- the phone's put down immediately because who's going to join us under those circumstances if we're in a relegation battle so the, the the problem with football is is not the parachute payments themselves it's the gap between divisions and this is not just between the premier league and the championship but also between the championship and league 1 and also between league 2 and the national league and that's why um you know, the EFL has parachute payments between the championship and League One and also gives parachute payments to its clubs when they get relegated to the National League for exactly the same reason. It's the, the purpose of a parachute is to cushion the blow. It does cushion the blow. It's still not address it's not is it addressing the problem of the inequality of distribution of money? No, it isn't. Mm. But that's 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 the broad issue of of the fan led review. Um, you know, what will the uh will the independent regulator should one be uh, ever created you know at, at the rate you know, yeah we're getting through uh, ministers at present you know it could be that Lawrence Bassini will become the sports minister <laughs> uh, appointed by Boris Johnson um and, and I'm sure he'll have some interesting proposals for the regulator yeah as you see Lawrence Bassini has had some uh experience in sport so he's the last person Boris Johnson would appoint as the sports minister um <laughs> two stories Kieran we're coming to the end of the news uh, just a couple more stories to go um two of them involve Everton mm. uh, and the first one is the takeover talks with Peter Kenyon have ended which is interesting because they, they were they went very high profile very quickly these talks didn't they and they, they certainly looked like they were serious but is it Everton that have ended these talks or Peter Kenyon well, this this is a weird one, and um, you know, you know, when we were younger, when we thought we'd split up with somebody, but being blokes, we'd said it in such a way that perhaps we'd been a bit vague. As far as we're <laughs> concerned, we dumped them, but they might not necessarily have interpreted it that way. So, what, what exactly are you going on about? This appears to be what we've got with uh, Everton and uh, Peter Kenyon's group. So. Uh, Farhad Mashiri, who who is the owner of Everton, sources close to him, uh, as we, we are reading in, in the newspapers, say the deal is dead. Oh. Um, so okay, fair enough. Uh, you know, and, and this this happens all the time. Uh, you know, there's at, at any one point in time, there's normally sort of you know, eight to ten clubs that are in vague negotiations. Sometimes becomes more concrete with regards. So it's, it's the nature of football. Um, but uh, uh, Peter Kenyon's group, which is which is sort of connected to a guy called uh, Mashiek Kaminsky. Um, they're saying, well, that the period of exclusivity uh, in terms of talking to Mashiri has, has included, but we're the only show in town. So as far as we're concerned, we're still talking. Um, so it, it does seem um, a little bit weird. You know, have they come in with with such a low ball initial offer that uh, Farhad Mashiri just thinks that they're tyre kickers and, and, and time wasters and, and has therefore walked away? So we don't know. So um, it's 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 possible that uh, there there will be not a takeover, but possible is not the same as uh, no chance whatsoever. Uh, would be the conclusion to reach here. Uh, a better news for Everton, or more positive news for, for well, it's a tautology, isn't it? More um, positive, as in this has definitely happened. Uh, Leeds United and Burnley have decided against pursuing their legal action over Everton's losses. In Leeds' case, probably because they're too busy selling off their best players to sue anybody um 
yeah, there, there was supposed to be, you know, uh, a classic. We're, we're standing shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, you know, yeah. the la- last week of the season, one of us could go down. We've been we've been disadvantaged in respect of um, e- Everton's uh, unusual uh, accounts, which which claimed that COVID had cost them 170 million pounds, which is at least three times as much as any other club in the Premier League. Um, but uh, that that uh, that they said gave Everton some form of advantage, and therefore they were going to seek financial compensation for it. There, yeah, there was there was no there was never a, a serious attempt for a points deduction or a reversal of relegation. It was always going to be similar to what we saw with Carlos Tevez and West Ham and Sheffield yeah. United financial compensation. Um, Leeds have from you know from from the minute. They, they they scored the winner at Brentford on the final day of the season. They've been distancing themselves further and further from this. They said, well, yeah, we, we, we yeah, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, it's sort of some vague term. It's not a legal commitment because you know what? what there's nothing in it for Leeds. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so yeah, they they they've not not they've not suffered financial loss because they've not been relegated. Um, in the case of Burnley. Um, it's all gone very quiet. So I think some people have interpreted that as uh, Burnley have also decided to um, not not pursue this. Uh, the Premier League really don't help themselves by their, their you know they, they do their their ostrich impersonation, and you never hear a dicky bird out of the Premier League. And, and I appreciate they got responsibilities towards all members. Um, have the Premier League uh, agreed with Everton's? Uh, calculations in respect of their COVID losses. If, if they came out and said they had done that, that that could actually put the matter to bed. But they seem reluctant to say anything to anybody. Um, so uh, people have interpreted the fact that we've had had radio silence as meaning that Burnley have also decided not to pursue. I'm not convinced that that is the case. You know, it could be that that Burnley uh, are using uh, some are taking legal advice. And are putting together a case, so, so we'll have to wait and see on this. But certainly, um, I, I think Everton are, are feeling increasingly confident with regards to this. And, and you know, to be fair to Everton, they've said all along we, we've done nothing wrong. We we just had a an unusually strong variant of COVID mm. to deal with, uh, which which impacted upon us uh, more than the rest of the country. Uh, quite a few Everton fans, Kieran, on social media in particular, putting two and two together and coming up with whatever number they want. It's you know, Richarlison's gone. Rumours of other high-profile players leaving Goodison Park. Is this is this a sort of rectifying the FFP situation, or are these just players that have reached the end of their career at Everton anyway? Because there are quite a few Everton fans who are thinking that this is a, an, an attempt to redress the imbalance to get back within FFP regulations. Well, I think they're 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 absolutely right. Uh, yeah, Everton spent five hundred and sixty eight million pounds in in the first five years of of Farhad Mashiri's uh, regime uh, at at Everton. Uh, yeah, so on a quantitative basis, uh, you've 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 got to doff, doff, doff your hat uh, in his direction. Uh, on a qualitative basis, and here I'm. You know, I, yeah, we, we've said we, we we know nothing about football. You know, we're we're not in a position to say whether those those purchases have been good or bad. But they don't appear to have accelerated Everton up the table. So, so I think you can you can draw your own conclusions mm. there. Um, there was an article in one of the papers in the last couple of days from somebody who was quite senior uh, at Everton who left, who was saying that well, the owner was 
trying to push for certain players to be signed and this, that, and the other. So, but yeah, for all we know, that that could that could be grapes which are which are which are not sweet. Um, and uh, you, you always take these things with 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 a, with a degree of caution. But uh, certainly, Everton have incurred such substantial losses, uh, you know, over a hundred million pounds a season for the last three years that they've had to address that by getting a high paid players off the wage bill. Mm. So yeah, we've had Theo Walcott's gone, um, but they had uh, James Rodriguez. He was on 200 grand a week. He's gone. Richarlison uh, had, had uh, you know, he came on in a big contract after 18 months there, he signed a contract extension, which is football speak for a big pay rise. So, mm. so all of this is geared towards trimming that wage bill, which was looking quite bloated um, as far as Everton were concerned, so yeah, I, I think I think Everton fans um, need to uh, you know go back to a sort of the austerity style uh, spending that perhaps they saw under Bill Kenwright, but but at least they had more of a sustainable uh, club. Yeah, get some dogs of war in. Did you say uh, grapes which are not sweet? Yes. What a lovely expression! Is that an accounting expression that I've not come across? It, it's a polite way for saying sour grapes. Oh, I see. Oh, blimey. I'm really grasping the running end of the stick this morning. Um, I didn't realise that Barcelona had anything left to sell, Kieran. Um, <laughs> yes. Really, genuinely. But uh, they've agreed to sell a 10% stake in their media rights to a US-based investment group. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, you look at Barcelona and incoming transfers. Google that for 2022, and and, and there's it's pretty much of a void. Um, the, Barcelona uh, have been uh, subject to the financial uh, controls, which were set up by La Liga, um, and these are linked to the the amount of debt that a club has to repay over the course of the next twelve months. Um, and in the case of Barcelona, that's a lot of money. So uh, you cannot sign players until you, or, or rather, you're, you're given a wage cap, which is it assumes that first of all you repay your debt, secondly you you pay your overheads, and thirdly whatever's left over is to pay wages. There, there are two ways of addressing that. First of all, you sell players, but the way that it works is that for every uh, every hundred euros worth of players sold. You can only spend thirty if if you're in a, in a poor position in your finances, uh, or you try to generate other money from other sources. So, so in the case of Barcelona, what they've done is that they've agreed to give ten percent of their media rights to an American organisation called Six Street for 178 million pounds. But Six Street that that ten percent lasts 25 years. Wow. So you know we're going through to what you know 2047. You know I think think you and I will be. If we're still doing the price of football in 2047, uh, we'll be doing you know, dribbling. Um, <laughs> like, speak up, speak up, can't hear you. That's so, it. so it's, it's yeah. yeah, not a lot of money in the wider scheme of things. You know, it's, it's the sale of what you know, a couple of players, but you know, 25 year commitments is big. Yeah, we'll, we'll end up in the same old person's home when we bashing out, <laughs> bashing out Sex Pistols song on the old Joanna. Um, <laughs> That's right. Well, Kieran, for the first time in a while, we've got for a whole show without mentioning Derby. Oh, hang on. Hang on. There's a page two on this script. It'd be still my beating heart. Could it be? Yes, there is. Uh, there is a Derby story, Kieran. Um, 
<laughs> Some of Derby's senior contracted players uh, have taken legal advice over employment law that could allow them to rip up their contracts when the sale of the club goes through. Yes, um, and this has already started, I think, in respect of one of Derby's players who's who's moved to, to Germany. Um, under employment legislation, there's something called TUPE, T-U-P-E, which stands for Transfer of Undertakings for, I think it's for personal employment or, or yeah. something to do with employment. Um, and and this is uh, this is to give protection to somebody. If, if, your, if your employer changes, um, you, you have the right in theory to be able to move uh, to another job uh, and, and walk away from your existing contract. Now, that also means that you're not entitled to redundancy, you're not entitled to holiday pay, but it is something which which does arise quite often in the case of uh, corporate insolvencies. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's it, you know, I, I can understand the new owners of Derby will be frustrated if other players take this up uh, because, it could potentially mean that Derby get no compensation uh, in respect of, of players moving on. I know Derby have already been in contact with FIFA, but yeah, that's going to involve potential legal costs. Um, so it, it's making uh, it's, it's making Liam Rossini's job more difficult, uh, if, if any more of the players uh, do do uh, do take up this option. From the players' perspective, you, you can understand why they've done what they've done. Because you know, when it got to the, the end of the 21-22 season, the, the, the administrators had said, well, we've only got money to take us up to the end of the season. Well, if, if I was in employment, I'd be saying, well, you know, what about my future career? I start talking to other people um, and you know, they, the, by all accounts, the players have taken their own legal counsel who have said, yeah, you're free to move on. Um, and and you don't have to go through the the traditional transfer regime. So uh, yeah, we, we we had looked forward to not mentioning them, but uh, in, in true producer Guile style, uh, this is this is the equivalent of the uh, yeah, of the EastEnders <laughs> end of show music. The dum uh, yeah. dum, <laughs> yeah, the dum dums. Yeah, you called him um, yeah. producer Guile there, which that's his new name from now on. Um, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm sure. Listeners more acquainted with employment law than I am. It's been a long time since I was involved. We'll tell you that Tube can be a double-edged sword because essentially mm. my understanding is that what what happens is while the process is going on, yes, they can become free agents, but then they also miss out on potential signing on fees, etc. So it's not mm. it, it it is a good thing. It's designed to protect employers and employees in this situation, but. I'd be interested to hear from uh, anyone involved in employment law about whether it's necessarily a thing that the players should be doing now that the new owner has come in and, and seems to be a, an owner of goodwill and financial resources. Um, but it's in the scheme of things for Derby fans, this is a tiny little pebble. It's it's just yes. a little, you know, there will be little aftershocks of stories for the next season or so, I'm sure, because of what happened. But the the, the good news is that we, and we can't say it enough that Derby can at least move exactly. move on now. So, um, so that is a kind of positive note to end on. Thanks to everyone who's donated to the pod via our Patreon page. If you'd like to make a small monthly contribution to the pod, that's very kind of you. Go to patreon.com slash price of football. And if you have a question you'd like answered on the show, email us at questions at priceoffootball.com. 
And in the meantime, I shall hand you over to Mr. Kieran Maguire for his customary farewell. Well, as always, uh, folks, thank you so much for the support for the show. We, we genuinely appreciate it. It keeps us going, keeps us motivated. Um, Patreon is one way of, of offering a bit of support for as little as a pound a month. Um, and, and we're entirely, you know, very grateful for our Patreon uh, listeners. Um, and, and as a special aside for our Patreon listeners, um, I, I got a, an email from uh, the publisher of the Price of Football book to say because we've gone through, we've just gone, gone through another sort of uh, small milestone in terms of sales of the audio book. Um, he's given me uh, ten audio codes for Audible. Uh, so if you want a free audio version of me talking about amortization for hours and hours upon end, um, if you if you uh, just send us an email to prizes at priceoffootball.com. and if you're a Patreon member. Uh, well, the, the first ten that do that will get uh, will get a free a free audible of me, which I'm, I'm not sure is is necessarily um, some, something I'd, I'd pay money for. Um, but uh, there's there's other ways of uh, other ways of supporting the show, which, which can make a difference. And one of those ways is to go onto your uh, is to go onto your app, uh, which which you use to download your podcasts and, and give us a review. And if, if you feel you're worth, uh, we're worth five stars. That's very, very kind of you, and we'll we'll gladly take that. We're 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 averaging four point nine in the uh, in in the in the reviews, which is uh, good, uh, which is really good. And um, and it, and, it, and it doesn't matter what you say. Um, you you could say you, you could say you would rather have the show presented by Ghost Faced Killer from the Wu Tang Clan <laughs> and Jenny Agata. And the reason why I mentioned Jenny Agatha is that uh, the, the the remake of uh, of the Railway Children has just been made, and Jenny Agatha's in that. Well, not the remake, sort of the update yeah. uh, in the in the post uh, uh, in the post beaching report uh, era uh, of, of trains. Uh, and uh, she was in that first one. She was in the second one, but more importantly, she was in again one of my top ten films of all time, American Werewolf in London. No. And uh, <laughs> if you if you were eighteen when you first watched that film, you, you'll know why. I've said what I've said. Oh, you, you had me at Jenny Agatha. Um, I'm, I'm sure people will be only too uh, keen to hear your uh, lovely voice on the audiobook here, and that's very good news. Uh, bizarrely, I was contacted uh, last week by my editor at Bloomsbury to say uh, I was the top-selling uh, audiobook in the American football charts. Oh, superb. Yeah, and he was wondering how that had happened. And I said, that's not really a vote of confidence, is it? <laughs> I don't know how this has happened, but you seem to have sold quite. And he said, "Did you mention it on a podcast?" And I said, "And that's, that's I just love the idea. That's how otherworldly uh, Bloomsbury are that they think if you mention something on a podcast, you might sell an extra fifty copies of an audio book. Bless them. <laughs> uh, you can sell an extra fifty. You're still several billion behind Harry Potter." Which, yes. is why, which is why Bloomsbury <laughs> don't really care how many copies of my book they sell. Um, yeah, do good, do that's that's lovely. It's about time we offered up our Patreon listeners something. I, I was asked, I was asked the other day what what our patrons get. Oh, nothing. Just it's all it's all taken. No, they, give. They, 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 they get a shout out. They get they, they get our love. That's what, true. What, what they, get their, they get their names mentioned around the world. Yes, yes, odd. Yeah, you're quite right. That's enough. That's that's worth a pound a week of anyone's money. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. The price of football.
that provides some photo ball. <laughs>